Just as the disciples of old were told to wait until they were endued with power from on high before they witnessed, so with us, as we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God, then He uses us as His channel to bear testimony to the world. And the Spirit of God is the power to witness, which we have in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We had it also in Acts chapter 4, 31 to 33 where they prayed for boldness to witness, and the Lord filled him with the Spirit of God, and with great boldness gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We work under his divine leadership, chosen of God to do his will, and God wants everybody to hear about his Son. Christ died for men, the Spirit of God convicts men, but we are to witness to men. And in John 17, 17 to 19, do you remember, the Lord Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so send I them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself. In John chapter 20, 21, he could say, As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Paul says, We are workers together with God. We are God's fellow workers. God has his part. The Spirit has his part. You have your part. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? That's what a fellow high school classmate asked me one day. I thought to myself and said to him, Well, I don't know why not. And he showed me Revelation chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. You know, as I thought about Jesus' words, the thought occurred to me that although I did not know why I wouldn't go to heaven, I also did not know the reason why I would go to heaven. The scripture says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by his mercy. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Witnessing to the unsaved is a God-given privilege, as Dr. Mitchell says here on the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Thank you. We continue our studies again with you on the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer in Christ. I again remind you of the fact that God has a responsibility to everyone who accepts his Son as Savior. 
were born of the Spirit and sealed by the Spirit and indwelt by the Spirit and baptized by the Spirit. This is an act of God. But we have a responsibility with respect to the Holy Spirit, and that is to yield ourselves to God so that the Spirit of God will take over in our lives. This is called a Spirit-filled life. The Spirit of God taking each believer and using that believer to the glory of the Savior. And this is the great yearning of God for every one of his children, the strong ones and the weak ones, the old and the young. It's the enjoyment of divine life. It's cooperating with God in his will. It means walking in fellowship with God. And I tell you again, if I'm not Spirit-filled, when I'm walking in fellowship with God, when will I be filled? And that fellowship can be broken because of failure on one's part. And when we fail God, we're no longer Spirit-filled under the Spirit's control. We've been going our own way. Self-will has come in instead of His will. He's made provision for that, as you know, uh, by confession if it's genuine, it's got to be genuine. And he forgives you and he cleanses you and restores you to fellowship. And we're dealing these days with the, the evidences of a spiritual life. Uh, not the gifts of the Spirit are the evidence, but the fruit of the Spirit is the evidence. And when one is Spirit-filled, we know something about praying in the Spirit. And then we're dealing now with the question of witnessing. And we found that our responsibility as a believer in Christ is to bear testimony for the Savior to the world. And just as the disciples of old were told to wait until they were endued with power from on high before they witnessed, so with us, as we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God, then He uses us as His channel to bear testimony to the world. And the Spirit of God is the power to witness, which we have in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We had it also in Acts chapter 4, 31 to 33, where they prayed for boldness to witness, and the Lord, and the Lord uh, filled him with the Spirit of God, and with great boldness gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I mentioned the fact that in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 4, and then in the book of Acts, ten times in the book of Acts, he speaks of them being filled, and for the most part, if I, my memory serves me correctly, I think, except for one case, every one where they were filled with the Spirit of God, they had a testimony for the Lord. And, and it is generally connected with testimony. You see, God looked for men to pray and God looks for men to witness. And God, and I say this reverently, God has limited himself to men. In chapter 13 of Acts, you remember in the first few verses where the church in Antioch were gathered together, the Spirit of God said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. And after they had prayed and fasted and laid their hands on them, they were sent forth. And then I read, being sent forth by the Spirit, who entered into this ministry of witnessing. Uh, 
spirit-filled men, filled with boldness to witness, just like you have in Acts 2, in Acts 4, verse 8, where Peter stood up before the very men who crucified the Savior and, and spoke with boldness the word of God, and so on. It's an amazing thing. God is not given this to angelic beings, but to believers, even the weakest believers. Here we've had 1,900 years of preaching the gospel, and still millions have never heard. Does that get a hold of your heart, Christian friend? 1,900 years of having had the word of God. For 1,900 years, the Church of Christ has had the opportunity of bearing testimony. And never once in the 1,900 years has the whole world heard the word of God. Generations come and generations go. And it's a tragedy when I think of the fact that the great majority of people never have the opportunity of hearing the gospel of the wonderful grace of God. My, how men have failed, how God's people have failed in this job of bearing testimony. You say, well, Mr. Mitchell, I'm just a little housewife, and I'm taking care of my children. I haven't any gift of any kind. Yeah, but God can use anybody. What was Peter? A commercial fisherman? What was James and John and Andrew? Just, just poor fishermen? Sometimes they went out all night and caught nothing. Fishermen. Tax gatherers. Despised men, God, the Lord, picked up. Chose, he prayed all night and chose 12 men to accompany him. Who were they? Fishermen. Tax gatherers. Take a man like Stephen in Acts chapter 6 and chapter 7. Who was Stephen? He was a Grecian Jew whom God laid hold of. What about Paul? You see, now there's Paul. He was really educated, yes, but he was a blasphemer. He was a persecutor of the people of God, a man with a heart full of murder and threatenings against the people of God, transformed. Look at Andrew. Andrew was one of the soul winners of the twelve. He wasn't a preacher. He was Peter's shadow, Simon Peter's brother. Quiet, quiet fellow, ultra-conservative, staying in the background. Peter was always in the front and Andrew in the back. And yet, who was it that brought people to Christ? Philip and Andrew. They brought in Nathaniel. Andrew brought his brother Simon Peter. And they were the ones who found the little boy, you remember, in John chapter 6. And when certain Greeks desired to see Jesus in John 12, they came to Andrew and Philip, these quiet fellows. They weren't preachers. They weren't teachers. Very, very quiet. And yet the Lord used them in the salvation of souls. I've oftentimes thought about that. You never read of Andrew and Philip preaching or teaching, but they're the soul winners. There was something about these fellows when they met with Jesus that they were absolutely transformed. You remember the first chapter of John, the moment Andrew met the Savior, when he said to him, Rabbi, where you're dwelling? Jesus said, come and see. And Andrew, as soon as he'd been in the presence of the Lord for a while, 
He could hardly wait. He went out and he hunted up Peter, Simon Peter, and brought him to Jesus. We have found the Messiah. We have found the Christ. Take Philip. After spending a few hours in the presence of the Lord, he went right down and got his friend Nathaniel. He says, come on, I've found the man of whom the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And he said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Just come on and see. Brother, you come on and see for yourself. We may not be able to, to tell people all the wonders and the glories of our Savior, but you can bring them to Christ through the Word of God, and then they'll find out for themselves. For never man spake like this man. So God looks for men. You see, it's a, hu it's a divine and human partnership. You mean we're partners with God in this? Of course, of course. Always the Spirit of God using the Word of God through the man of God. Nothing wrong with the Word of God. Nothing wrong with the Spirit of God. The weakest link is you and me. It's an amazing thing that God can do it through you, through you, yes, and through me. The partnership. We're in partners with God. Sometimes I, long, I like to put it this way. We are on God's team. We work together. Some witness, some do this, some do that. But we all have a part by our lives, by our testimony, and so on. It's a human, or shall I put it the other way, it's a divine human partnership. You remember in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, Paul says, we are workers together with God. We are God's fellow workers. God has his part. The Spirit has his part. You have your part. And the Spirit of God, through you, will bring people to Christ. In John 17, 17 to 19, I thought about this one thing, this, this divine human partnership. Christ died for men. The Spirit of God convicts men, but we are a witness to men. And in John 17, 17 to 19, do you remember, the Lord Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so send I them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself. In John chapter 20, 21, he could say, As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the first verse, my friend, he also says with great, uh, with a great burden on his heart, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. See, God has brought to light uh, life and immortality light through the gospel. And you and I are the ones who are to be his witnesses, to be the channels to carry that, that precious, precious word of the, of the gospel of Christ to the hearts of men and women. We work under the, his divine leadership, chosen of God to do his will. And God wants everybody to hear about his son. Did you hear what I said? God wants everybody to hear about his son. He's not going to send an angel. He looks for men. He looks for men. You and I are the channel 
to bring the precious truth of the gospel to men and women everywhere. He calls, he sends you and me. Now the theme of the witness, the theme of the witness, now we have the power to witness, the responsibility to witness, the channel of the witness, amen. Now the theme of the witness. Now what are we going to talk about? Well, Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you shall be witnesses of me. He's the theme of our testimony. You have it in Luke 24. You are witnesses of these things. What things? Of the death and resurrection of the Savior. Now, the theme of the witness, then, is the person and work of Christ. You remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the first four verses, where Paul says, When I come to you, Corinthians, I shall know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Not just Jesus Christ, his person, but also his work, Jesus Christ and him crucified. You see, the Corinthian church was 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 occupied most of the time with experiences. And that's all right, but Christ must be the center of your witness. Listen to what Paul says. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God, but I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Oh, I can appreciate that. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, it may be I'm talking to you this morning. See, Mr. Mitchell, I'm, I'm so, I, I'm scared to witness. I'm scared to witness, yes. You ever realize that the Apostle Paul says, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You think about it? You see, every one of us, the weakest as well as the strongest, have been called upon to bear testimony for the Savior. God has made you and me workers together with himself, the vehicles to whom the Spirit of God will give them theme, the person and work of Christ to men and women. See, in Acts chapter 22, Acts chapter 23, Acts chapter 24, when Paul stood before Felix and before Festus and before King Agrippa, he stood before these governors. What do you think he preached about? Jesus risen from the dead. When Paul stood before the philosophical Athenians in Acts chapter 17, what did he preach? Philosophy? No. Psychology? No. What did he preach? He preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Now, Paul knew about their philosophies. Paul was a well-trained man in all the philosophies of the day. But when he went down to these philosophical Athenians, he had only one message, Jesus risen from the dead. Jesus crucified, buried, raised from the dead. God's 
Son, our Savior, who took your place in my place, bore your sin in my sin, and put it away. And God guarantees that work by raising him from the dead. So the early church, the very theme of their message, was the person of Christ. And may I say with Paul in Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, when he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, whether Jew or Gentile. For in this gospel is revealed the righteousness of God. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And when Jesus Christ ceases to be the theme and the center of your testimony, then your, your testimony is lifeless. It's powerless. When a man stands in the pulpit and preaches, and Christ is not the center, then his ministry is lifeless and powerless. It will not reach your heart. People came to hear the word of God. This is what we, this is what is needed today. As Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach except to be sent? Not his life on earth. Although one can speak much about our Lord's life on earth, but the great theme is the cross and resurrection of Christ. And the result, of course, of such a ministry, individuals and families and multitudes, all kinds of people, came to know the Savior. Read the book of Acts. You've got jailers, you've got businesswomen, you have priests, you have governors, you've got men and women of all, from all stations of life, slaves and what have you. They accepted the Savior. Oh, I'll tell you, my friend, this is a wonderful thing to know that God calls you and me into partnership with himself to give forth the word of life to men and women, to our generation. May we see to it that our generation hears the real gospel of the Son of God and be saved, that Christ not only died and was buried for our sins, but he was raised again from the dead by the glory of the Father. What for? That your faith and your hope might be in God. This is what God wants. If every Christian today in America were to bear testimony just for 24 hours, I wonder what the result would be. It may be perchance that a great many would be afraid to bear testimony because they haven't been living in the light which God has given to them. But that doesn't alter the fact that he will bear testimony and confirm the testimony of his son. If I look at myself and you look at yourself and say, well, I'm not the man to do the witnessing. I'm afraid I would dishonor the Lord. Listen, it's his word he confirms. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the Spirit of God uses the word of God through the child of God. This is God's pattern. This is God's order. You see, if you want a, a method, this is God's method. The Holy Spirit who indwells you. The word of God in your hands. You become the channel to convey this wonderful testimony of a Savior to our generation. And God forbid that our generation goes off the scene without hearing the word of the living God. Remember, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not by argument, but by 
the Word of God. And may you have that joy today. Tomorrow he comes for me. He comes, he comes. Tomorrow he comes for me. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.